Hi guys, how are we doing? Good to have you. Thank you to Morris Infrastructure. Thank you to Matt Morris over in Perth for sponsoring this podcast, for supporting it and making sure it continues to thrive and continues to function. This is a pretty special one. This is really important for everyone, for myself and I'm sure thousands of, of others. Motor and disease has touched our lives greatly over the last month. Uh, hearing the news about my mate Rob Burrow really shocked me because I just never imagined of, of hearing news like that and, and could never really comprehend what it would be like to, to hear it. But with any adversity in life, there's always room to find growth, connection and inspiration. This podcast for me is just that. I hope it is for others. I had the pleasure of inviting Dr. Neil Werner over to my home. Neil has two PhDs, one in organic chemistry, one in environmental physics. He's probably one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. He also was diagnosed with MND five years ago and has now made it his life mission to prolong his life and others, but also to find a cure for MND. Neil came over after my partner Natalie's brother introduced us. Jake and Neil met two years ago and started a business together in Dubai and have since become great friends. During the chat, Neil took us through MND, what it is, how it infects the body, his problem with the way Western medicine is viewed, and other chronic diseases. He also speaks about how I went from a scientist who thought anything meditation or positive thinking was hippie rubbish, to saying it's one of the most key aspects keeping him striving, even for MD. He even made a statement, even stretched to make a statement, which, which shocked me during the podcast. But he said his life had become better since being diagnosed with motor neuron disease. This originally was a chat to hear Neil's story and how it may be able to help other people with MND and raise awareness. We've decided to make it a podcast because everyone, I feel, can benefit from Neil's message. It is vital. We have also decided not to edit it. The sound won't be amazing because we did it last second to, to record the chat and, and just decided to go through with it. So we've kept it as authentic and as real an insight into the conversation and how it went, including how, how Neil had to stop for breaks and and little breaks of discourse with his wife, Sue, who sat at the table. Me, Chris O'Connor, my partner Natalie, Neil, his wife Sue and Jake were sat at the table in a pretty open discussion. It's an evening that I'll remember forever. This man has so many lessons to teach us and I'm beyond grateful that I can offer this story, hopefully to help raise awareness of what Neil wants to do, but also to really, really go and tackle MND too. Enjoy. I refuse to feel sad, I refuse to feel the victim, I refuse to feel sorry for myself. So that's how I start the day. Yeah. I mean, I was always ugly, so I've said too much, haven't I? You are <laughs> I was always, I always had these looks, so... Did you always have that outlook, or is that since... Diagnosis. No, I didn't. I used to be... I used to not suffer fools. And actually now, w one thing I realise is I look at the best in people all the time. And actually everybody's on a journey in life. Mm. Mm. I may be come across somebody 
and they may give me a hard time because I'm slow crossing the road. Actually, they may have been a whole world of shit more than me. Mm. I can afford to pay my mortgage. I can afford to put clothes on my back, I can. So, really, I've reached 53, how old am I? 52. 50, okay, I've almost reached yeah, 53. Yeah. So, you know, I've had a great life, travelled the world. I've been a great scientist, a shit rugby player. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know how hard I... You wouldn't know how hard I wanted to be a good rugby player. Right. I was a mediocre amateur the best. Yeah. And that's me beginning it up. Yeah. Brilliant. Anyway, sorry, should I do introduce Well, me? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. to kick off, I guess. I, I, I guess, so, I mean, we... we uh, Just had a little bit more on drink. We didn't have the, um, I guess idea that we'd do a podcast we just thought we'd record it yeah in case and see what we get and you know if we can pass it on to rob if we can put the word out there raise awareness yeah that'd be great so i mean for the mentality listeners that listen to the podcast we've got dr andrew neil on um the pod who um, will hopefully give us a bit of background and, and i think some insights as well for mm. anyone who's, who's obviously been diagnosed with mnd Anyone that could, or any terminal illness. Any terminal illness, yeah. Um, I guess on your outlook, mm. on your insights into what you wish you'd have known, um, back back when you've been diagnosed, mm. but also um, how you are going forward with your treatment, how you're going forward with with looking mm. at um, how you counteract energy, yeah. I guess. Um, so I. I in a, in a formal sort of official way now we've sat down and done the intro um, okay could you tell us about yourself tell us a bit okay about your so i'm 52 years old uh, a company director serial inventor a phd of environmental physics and organic chemistry uh, and i was diagnosed while working in dubai uh, four years ago with motor neuron but it came after a year of misdiagnosis I've had opera I had operation on my knee I got told that my muscle weakness was down to the fact I played rugby for 20 years and mm. I get, get an arthritis so I actually diagnosed myself and went into the doctor and said, look, I need to see a neurologist. And then I was, I was fearing the worst, hoping for the best. Mm. And they did what's called the nerve conduction test. It's the last test to rule out anything else but a neuron. And I heard them say behind the curtain, He's got advanced motor neuron without them saying it to me. I then had talked with them. Then the worst bit was making a phone call to my wife saying, I've actually got about three months to 18 months to live. Was the toughest phone call I made. But unfortunately, 
in fact, incredibly fortunate. I've got a wife who's so strong and made my, my journey easy, really. So, the first thing I did was get angry. Mm -hmm. Why me? Type thing. <laughs> and then I started asking questions. So how do you cure it? They said, well, there's no cure. Can I have this medicine? May it add two to three months to your life? They said, but you've got one of the most aggressive strains of upper and low motor neuron. I said, what does it mean? I said, well, you'll probably live three months, but possibly not 18. Mm. And five years later, I can still walk. All right, I can't walk well. I still walk, talk. But everything I've done, I've done myself. The problem with any form of neurology whether it be Alzheimer's, multiple sclerosis, MND, even things like PTSD or, or all neurological conditions. Now, there seems to be with medical, there seems to be chronic conditions and critical conditions. Now, if you get run over by a car, there's no better country to be in because they'll pick you up, scrape you off the road, fix you. If you've got pneumonia, they'll you full of antibiotics and save your life. So critical illnesses were really good, but chronic conditions like even like chronic arthritis, um, diabetes, What's the treatment? People, so people just get given pills. Now, this is my first gripe with the medical profession. We were solely relied on biochemistry, i.e. pills or medicines. Now, the problem with pills and medicines is it's molecular science. So it needs a molecule to work on. Mm -hmm. Now with neurological conditions, it's down to energy within the brain. Like MND is a signaling fault. So you may suffer muscular atrophy, muscular weakness, speech weakness, balance. None of those are molecular but the conditions create molecular so you can work on so the medicine works on the symptoms and not the cause yeah so you can maybe slow down the muscular atrophy mm -hmm. so i've spent four years researching and I came across, if you look at the breakthroughs in medical science in the recent years, it's been breakthroughs in diagnosis, not treatment. So we have K 
CAT scans, MRIs, we have CT scans. So we, so you look at a brain, for example, and they scan a, do a brain scan and say, oh yeah, we can look at this and you've got cancer on the brain. Or it's likely you've got multiple sclerosis from the EG brain scan. And then take a scalpel to the brain and cut the disease out. Now, if you had a laptop and you had a virus on it and you took it to a shop and somebody got a hammer and chisel out, you go, no, no, just remap the hard drive. I said, sorry mate, it's terminal, I've got to cut this bit out. <laughs> you think, but yeah, we do that. Why don't we remap the energy characteristics of a brain? Because four years ago I didn't have motor neuron. I did have motor neuron. The characteristics of my brain have changed. So basically, why could we do a low-level remap and remap the brain? And that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the world on a journey they've never been on. I'm going to solve motor neuron. Maybe it's too late for me because I'm chronically advanced, but maybe it isn't. But I'm going to make sure every every hospital has an electrochemistry department. So why don't we remap the brain before somebody had PTSD? Why don't we remap the brain? If you can see the characteristics of it, why not remap it? Do it with laptops. Mm -hmm. And brain's actually quite easy. So just, it's hard um, without the advanced knowledge you have around science and, and also of motor neuron disease to kind of comprehend how that might look. Um, I've done a little video. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> we'd, we'd definitely love to share that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But for, for listeners, could, is there any way you could, like, uh, how that, that might look, how you could read okay. the brain? So... <clears throat> I'm trying to develop a low-level cranial laser. Laser treatment has always already had some beneficial effect. So you can... Should I mention on the podcast that Steve is drinking vodka? I <laughs> <laughs> will cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, where was it? <laughs> it's about um, the laser treatment on the brain. Yeah. So, at least what? I'll sleep with vodka and okay. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so, imagine um, what's your name? Natalie. So, Natalie was behind the, the wall and you had to call for her. And perhaps you had a key word to say to her, like help. Now, you'd have to work out what that word was and how loud to shout it. 
If you couldn't see it loud enough, you wouldn't be able to penetrate the wall. And if you couldn't see help, Natalie wouldn't know to come for you. So what I'm saying is, what we need to do is look at the frequency. Now, if you look at the brain, you can measure between 4 and 90 hertz. Now, if you look at a, a normal brain under normal motor skills, you can create a map that somebody would say, that looks a normal, healthy brain. When you get a disease, we can say, okay, that's typical in the frontal lobe, we're down to 10 hertz, where it should be 80 hertz. Mm. So you can build a map. Now, the cranial laser, what the cranial laser does, every cell in our body has something that's called the mitochondria. It's a bit that holds the energy. Now, cranial lasers being shown to add vibrational effectiveness to, um, to cells and make cells healthy again. So what it is, is working out the power for the penetration, mm -hmm. i.e. being able to shout far enough through a wall. We've got to penetrate mm -hmm. six or seven centimetres into the skull. So what is that power? And actually, what is the frequency? So we have to look, and I think it's somewhere between 690 and 980 nanometer frequency. And that's the guest felt for what it, it, it'd work and be able to... Well, there's some, there's, there are some pioneering doctors doing it for traumatic brain injuries. So when people have had a car crash. So there's a process called neurogenesis where our brain naturally tries to mend. Mm -hmm. And if we can push it in the right direction, yeah. it will help the cells mend. So it'll be to aid that process? It will be to aid that process. Yeah. And is that specifically the motor neuron cells you'd be no. targeting? No, right, okay, it? no. The neuron cells die because so you've got neuron cells in two, well, three places, but for motor neuron, it's in the brain stem, so one in the brain stem and one da halfway down the spine, so upper motor neuron is damaged to the neurons yeah. in the brain stem and lower is the ones lower down the spine. Now, what happens is the brain gives off a vibrational signal, a subatomic signal to the cells, to the neuron cells to act. Now, if that vibration is wrong, like if it can't hear the word correctly to act, so as your brain is now create our brain creates 200 million cells a day subconsciously 
Now, we are creatures. We're made of 50 trillion cells. And out of the 50 trillion cells, we make 200 million a day skin cells, blood cells, eye cells, hair cells. I don't do that many hair cells. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, just like, I'm interjecting here, just, um, so MND is basically the process or something happening where those cells Neuron cells are getting the wrong signals. Yeah. They send the wrong signals to muscles. And the neuron cells die. And when we replace them, so we have a stem cell in our brain. The stem cell is a neutral cell. And then it gets a signal to be built from the DNA. So our DNA is held within our cell. DNA is a blueprint for life. Mm. So it'll say to that stem cell, you need to be a skin cell on the arm. It will then create characteristics and develop into a skin cell. It'll say to one, you need to be a neuron. But it'll give it the wrong information to be a neuron cell. So a neuron will be created. And this is why it's a slow process because we have typically 20 million neuron cells in our body. As one dies, a new one comes along. A new one comes along that isn't correct. It's the wrong type, it's sending the wrong signal. So it won't send a, a, a signal to your muscle to activate. So the muscle gets weaker. The next one that regenerates gets wrong information. And then that dies. And that's why it's like a gradual. And because it's that a gradual. So ultimately what'll happen is with the MND. I'm quite alright talking about it. I've thought about it a lot is my lung muscles will get weaker and weaker. So, <clears throat> because a lung is a muscle, mm. I exhale oxygen, I inhale oxygen, exhale carbon dioxide. As my lungs will get weaker, I'll not be able to push out as much carbon dioxide. So one night I will go to bed and suffocate because I won't be able to exhale carbon dioxide. So, just tell them about the exercises you did that you found helped you for your deep sea diving exercises. All right, okay. And then, then other exercises you did that you felt would help bring them blood cells okay. back into your... Okay, so what I've done is I've done a whole diet. So if you've got that sheet... So I'm just while you're getting that out quickly, so just to me to try and understand my head, I didn't realise then so all your muscle cells, everything's fine, but the electrical signal or message they're getting is yeah. what's wrong. So that's yeah. why they start Yeah, so that's it's still, it's still sending a message, but it's a different a different It's the wrong message. So 
So what I did first, I did research into supplements. As a rugby player, you're used to taking possibly creatine, protein, vitamins to help your body recover. That is a whole host of... So, you look at uh, coenzyme Q10. You look at... So I'm, I've taken supplements that help, help the mitochondria, cell function, the cell strength. So I've created a method of having supplements that help my muscles, help my cells be strong. So my neurons are now dying slower than before. My brain health is better than before. And it must be doing something because I'm still alive after being told I was going to die possibly two years ago. Is there places people can find this? Because we'll definitely put it out and yeah. we'll put um, out the video as well. But if there's a website you, you're no. creating all this or... No, there's nothing. We'll we need to create well, one. Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> definitely help so the, out. The, the problem Neil's got is, like he said before, with the, the, the medication different things. From what I understand of what he was telling me is that people want to give you the medication but they don't want to listen to his prevention and causes that he yeah. thought. So yeah. when I first met him, he's taking his blood samples. So he'd say, I have a healthy blood sample, wouldn't you? And then you'd look at your blood sample. So what's the difference between his blood sample and that blood sample? And that's so, what so I constantly compare things to standard. Like, take those dextrose tablets out. So the brain is a big lump of fat, effectively. It's 200 million gill cells and 20 million neuron cells. But actually, those cells are lipids, they're fat. A brain is incredibly nutrition-hungry. So every morning I take dextrose tablets to kickstart my brain. I take those tablets, all these supplements to help, and then I compare my blood samples with, I, I look at everything with my blood cells. I do, so my, my lungs will get weak. So one of the things I look at is people with COPD, what they do when their lungs are failing. They, so people will give them exercises. So I used to do what deep sea, not deep sea, free divers do with breathing exercises. Mm. Uh, Hypox, is it hypoxic breathing? Hypoxic breathing. And I looked at uh, ways of breathing to increase capacity. Yeah. So I can do, now I had, I have every three months I do proper breathing tests and year on year, uh, in fact last time my nurse said she was about 24, she said actually my blood oxygen was running at 99%. My breathing capacity was that of a 24-year-old non-smoker. 
my lung capacity. So I'm just doing breathing exercises. And, and how often would you, you be doing those breathing exercises? I do those every day. Wow. Well, I say every day. Almost every day. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I sort of wanted you to meet him, because his theory is he's, he's very complex, but actually it's very simple when you break it down. So what Neil's tried to do is, is obviously break it down so it's, mm. it's simpler to do. And actually yeah. what he's doing, yes, okay, the laser and different things, that's, that's different. But I think the bits the basic, that he's doing, yeah. the basic stuff, he's, it's all about rebuilding. So we're trying, when we're healthy, to build our muscles up to, mm. for runners, for athletes, yeah. for uh, even normal people. But <coughs> also when, so can you get when you look at motoneuron and different things, is actually, yes, it's a very complex disease, but that's why I like Neil's theory, because it's splitting it down into simple, simple tasks, steps and simple tasks. Mm. Mm. So is it like there's a two-pronged attack in the sense that a lot of this stuff slows down the rate of disease. All I'm doing is slowing down. What I aim to do is make what is a two-year lifespan into a five-year lifespan, what is a five-year lifespan into a ten-year lifespan, and make the quality of life better. So if you have a look at this machine, you may have used one on muscle. Muscles I've before when you've got mm-hmm. dead legs. Now, now what? My speech isn't brilliant, but my speech, people can understand me. Now I set this machine. Nobody's told me to do it, but I set. I create a setting for muscular atrophy. Now what I don't want to do is set it for muscular regrowth because I'm not trying to rebuild muscles. Mm. I'm trying to manipulate muscles so I can keep talking. So when my voice box is, I put this on, put it on muscular atrophy setting. I can still talk. Possibly two years after they told me I wouldn't be able to talk. Wow. So again, this would be good for Rob. Yeah, mm. yeah, 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 definitely. He's probably got one of them laying around anyway. Yeah. It probably <laughs> has. He's never talked back to it for yeah. yeah. Do it there. Just to yeah. do that there. Yeah. Um, what, sorry, why, why, why is it, do you think, that these things, because they seem simple and very obvious, really, mm. why is it that that's not so, right, a okay. thing that's used more? Because... This is my annoyance with medical profession because they don't have a cure for MND. What they do is say, well, there's no cure for that. So, well, all I do every time I go see my doctor is I'm weighed. Mm. Weighed. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like they're really good and they have these three monthly clinics that you go to in Leeds. Mm-hmm. But really, they are just monitoring you dying. Well, and actually, you know, actually, really, really depressing. Yeah, I go there, yeah. always build this week. Oh, he died. All right, okay. So it really yeah. is, it really is yeah. like that. Not. So there's nothing that they give you like the complex, like the hypoxic no. breathing? No, they won't tell you to yeah. do it. They won't even tell you to do it. 
because of professional, when I say professional ethic, they have, if they tell you to do this and then suddenly you die, mm. then they say, right, okay, it doesn't say in our handbook to do that. Mm-hmm. So all they can do is say, right, okay, we're going to weigh you, maybe do your breathing, yeah. blood oxygen. Yeah. They have physios if you if you need mm-hmm. any help with anything, but again, it's not mm-hmm. this. It's if you need to borrow a wheelchair or. So just mm-hmm. to to give like obviously people listen to this or you know to Rob or whatever an insight into um, how you've sort of envisioned all this and got into all this. You've got you're obviously a doctor. Do you mm-hmm. mentioned you had two PhDs before? You're more proud of being an amateur rugby player. I'm more, pr- I'm more, pr- <laughs> I'm more proud of being a rugby player. Yeah. However, anybody who either played against me or played with me <laughs> would possibly <laughs> deny the fact that I was a rugby Might player. <laughs> yeah. In fact, most people's memory of me is the fact that I put the, I once put the ball down ten meters shy. Of the lime. Oh God! Oh. <laughs> it's only because they put a flag in a hole, so oh. well, that was the flag. <laughs> you scored the flag on your own pitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never ever in my life scored a hat trick. I scored two tries in the first half, and I got a pass. And there was nobody to beat, and I put the play ball down. <laughs> and that, that's all that ever, anybody ever yes. rem- remembers me by. In fact... Devastating. <laughs> Danny Kerman from Wakefield was asked one of his humorous stories, and he was told that. Did he? He wasn't playing, he was just watching, laughing at me. And <laughs> the, the rest of the game... The entire crowd, all three of them, were, were yelling, Baldy, pass it to Baldy. <laughs> pass it to Baldy. <laughs> so, I, really, I never really want to be smart because being smart isn't really that cool. It doesn't go down well in the rugby league change. No, it, it doesn't. Mm. And but being a great rugby player does I never managed that. Mm. I try so hard. You wouldn't believe how hard I try <laughs> to be <laughs> mediocre at second division penalty league. <laughs> I uh, wish I had a couple of PhDs though. It's weird how it works. Well, you are smart. I've seen you in interviews. One day you were, I see from the work you do, you care. I see from the selection of words where you use your eyes, you're incredibly smart. And one day I'm sure you will achieve that. You've achieved so much for such a young person. Thank you. Thank you. He's ugly, though, isn't he? I'm <laughs> 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 oh, waiting for someone else. There was a bark coming. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm getting worse than I was. I should say, there's no but. You deserve everything. And to be a captain, a captain of Leeds, that is truly respect, honour. And I know how hard that is. 
and I wish you every success on and off the pitch because now one of the things I've learned is never leave things unsaid. I say never leave things unsaid. If you think that somebody is good, tell them. And I do that every day. I never, ever... Now, since this, you've done a lot of the positive thinking yeah. stuff, haven't you? And yeah. I've done lots really of positive thinking. I never, ever... It's been nice for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I like, yeah, it, has, it has changed him <laughs> in that respect. I never, to ever... Be more, a more angry person yeah. before oh, the um, diagnosis. That's but quite now, an interesting, yeah, yeah transition. Yeah, I never, ever thinking. forget to tell my wife, thank you, every night. I it think. makes you feel better when you do the positive mm. thinking mm. and like meditation mm. and things like that. Mm. You can tell you seem better, like you're walking better and everything. Yeah. See, I think when you're doing positive stuff. When when I met Neil, I, I think he was probably at, at the lowest point when I yeah, first met him. He, he was probably really really low. Well, I just didn't want to talk to you. Um, <laughs> 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 just specifically to Jay. Did you tear up that share agreement? <laughs> Um, no, but what I think is week on week, if he does have a relapse or he falls over from the balance of different things, I think you recover a lot quicker. Yeah, mm. I've had but 11 I've, skull fractures. Wow. Like I've probably known yeah, you a year and a half, nearly two years mm. now. And before, it would be probably a, a, a week recovery. Mm. Whereas now, I feel you are getting stronger because I if am. you have a fall or anything, and mm-hmm. I see him three days later, or I see him a week later, he's back to the, the guy I knew a week ago. And I feel like when I first met you, he was very colourless in your face. Mm-hmm. Very, whereas now you've, uh, you seem to, he has that colour back in the face. And, well, the, and, the, and when sorry, you hold you, the, sh- I the used to feel yeah. sorry for myself. So yeah. obviously you've got to hold you, but the strength, so before, you'd really have to hold mm. on to him. Whereas mm. now, you feel he's getting stronger because you hold on to him and sometimes he necessarily, he's just Don't holding on to your arms. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah. simply hold his arms up and his legs work. Mm. So it must be doing something and I think that's why the whole circle of, of, of why I wanted you to meet Neil is because mm. it's so simple what he's actually doing. Mm. But someone's got to tell somebody. Yeah. It's 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 yeah. simple, yeah. but espe- well, especially with the mental um, mindset side of it, mm. that actually takes a lot mm. for yeah. somebody, to, you know, yeah. for yeah. you to bring yeah. that positive attitude to, yeah. you know, something like this. Mm-hmm. That actually takes yeah. a lot. Do you want to talk about your journey well, with that? Yeah, I had, I had um, a lot of tough things, but now. I generally laugh about my illness. In fact, the other week, my friend messaged me and said, how was you doing? I spoke to you for a year. I took a little picture of an urn and said, Neil's eyebrows in the last... <laughs> A few of his friends did that as well, sent it to friends. He messaged one of his friends, how's Neil? So he took a picture of a little urn. Oh, he's fine. Oh, that's brilliant. But But before you were diagnosed, you never did any of this um, positive thinking, meditation, and that's been a massive... No, I can... Definitely. One of the biggest things, I think. 
It's tough co- coping with diagnosis. So I was just gonna, I was gonna say, what what would a a day look like? So you know, obviously there's meditation and hypoxic okay. supplements. So what I do is the night before I get a meditation or something positive, maybe positive affirmations mm. on YouTube, put something ready to play on my phone. Mm-hmm. Now. Often I'll wake up 5 or 5 a.m., 4 a.m. Now, I used to worry about that. I used to then lay there thinking, oh, fuck, I can't. Sorry about that. But I used to think that I'm screwed, I can't do it. Now, I pick play, put it under my pillow and listen to it. So that's reinforcing a positive message. Then I get up, have breakfast with Sue, who goes to work. Porn up, porn up. I've said too much. Get out. No. You have to do it I work a little bit every day. I so we've got. I've just created my twelfth patent. We've got a business that we're creating with the former owner Pizza Express to turn direct heat into electricity using a thermoelectric effect. And so we're busy doing that. I'm just a consultant. Now, they asked me if I wanted shares in the business. Actually, I don't, I don't want shares. My love of just helping people mm-hmm. is enough. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a directing shareholder of Chapman Ventilation. They give me half my wage that I was on when I was there. I answer one or two emails with them on technical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I try not to watch daytime TV because I don't think anything could want you to kill yourself <laughs> in watching <laughs> homes, under the, uh, homes under the hammer yeah. every day. It's yeah. usually a gas monkey, though, to be fair. Well, yeah, in the afternoon. <laughs> I try to watch a bit of TV. There's a sort of dread that comes across, isn't there, when antiques roadshows oh. are coming on? Or <laughs> you something like that. Yeah, I know, but yeah, I will not watch it. I yeah. will not watch anything like that. Now, this was the first election I'd never voted in. I do not watch any news. I'm I'm only back on social media two days because I came off social media. I came off everything and just concentrated on feeling good. Now I feel good. I'm back on social media. Uh, But yeah, it, it is hard, but my life we do your exercises, don't we, when I get home from work? So I do exercise, and 
I'm trying to use a new infrared radiation to put energy into my muscular cell. Mm -hmm. So whereas I don't do weights, I do, I make sure even though I can't use the muscles, I do a muscular exercise, even if it's still Just holding my hand. Yeah. Yeah. So that means my neurons are getting fed signals back. Mm -hmm. Signals, even though they may be misbehaving, as long as they're getting fed, they'll continue to be as strong as they can. Yeah. So I do, I do that. Uh, I, I still, well, I have lots of motorbikes, I think about 11. Mm, too many. I have a 1951 Ford F3 truck. Wow. Uh, yeah, loads of chopper motorbikes, sports bikes. Yeah. You can get along um, with Stevie's parents. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah. My dad will have to come round. Oh, yeah, it can. Yeah. So, He's got his garage set up. He's got whiskey. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've got a I've got bourbon dispenser, port scratchings, toast and coffee machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's welcome. Sorry, yeah. this is should have come around there. This possibly isn't going the way you wanted it. No, it? no, it's a conversation. This is, this is exactly yeah. what we wanted. Oh, good. This is it. This is it. I, I, I think, in specific, the the sort of the meditations quite interesting. That's, well, that's meditation, what the meditation is good for. Now, I would not, five years ago, a meditation saw that out thought. But meditation quietens my mind. It stops me thinking about the bad things. Yeah. It makes me think, you know, I've got a terminal illness, but yet I only concentrate on the good things in my life. I look at the fact I've got a wonderful wife, mm -hmm. I've got a wonderful daughter, a fat, lazy dog. <laughs> um, and I've got friends who truly are there for me. And so I just look at the good things. I do my supplements, I do my diet. I get asked to speak to lots of people from who get diagnosed with terminal illnesses. And that's tough when you've got a terminal illness yourself. Mm -hmm. And actually even tougher when they're feeling very angry about it. Mm. Because You've got what you've got. I can't change it. I'd like to be able to change it. But, but actually, there are positives in dying this way. If I went out, imagine if I went out and got run over by a bus. I never told my wife how much I love her. Never told my daughter how much I love her. Never told my friends how much they mean to me. And actually, my friends have said how much I mean to them. If I was dead, knocked over by a bus, I'd never heard those words. So 
the laws are positive, none of us live forever. So there are positives in having this illness, being able to speak my mind about who I love. And I think that's also what you want to share with other people, isn't it? Yeah. So what's helped you along in that journey yeah. is, say, 60% is positive thinking and mind, but then also the 40% of it is not down to medical professionals, from what I understand from oh. you over, over oh. two years of knowing you. It's actually what you can do at home in yourself mm-hmm. or what people could support you from the government helping with nurses and different things. If nurses know what they're looking for in terms of blood and different things, mm. he's, he's not reinventing the wheel. Mm. He's doing very simple processes, which, yeah, okay, we've got no cure for motor neuron at the moment. But if, I think he'll be here in 15 years' time. I'm well be. And you may have this, this laser trick that could be a cure mm. if... Yeah. if what you're, what you're thinking is, is so correct, right? Just touch on the Chinese government, what you do. Okay, so... That's interesting. Okay. So the laser, laser treatment is, is one thing, but also... That's uh, okay, so I've done some work with stem cells. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been to China three times for stem cell treatment. Now, stem cells, we create 200 million a day anyway but only maybe a hundred stem cells for neurons a day. So, I've done some work with a company called Wu Medical in Beijing. Now, in the UK it's hard to do work on stem cells because of ethics. In China, ethics of a different a different meaning because they allow researchers to get access to an umbilical cord that was discarded through birth. Mm-hmm. In the UK, we're not allowed to do that. So it's not a part of the birth, but it's part of the debris of birth. So, and they let them research on that. Now, what stem cells do is kick kick the disease down the road a little bit. So you can put a few hundred thousand neurological stem cells back into your body. I've been doing some work to help the effectiveness of this treatment so the stem cells go directly into the hippocampus part of the brain. The hippocampus part of the brain is the processing of stem cells. Now, one of the things that I'm going to do is work on photobiomodulation. Photobiomodulation creates energy into the hippocampus area of the brain. So, cells can be have energy in mitochondria, so they produce big, bigger strength. But I do want to reiterate, my doctorate is not in this. I'm, I'm, I'm shall we say, an interested amateur. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. but I like to perceive that I have a great deal of capacity for understanding, understanding behavioural characteristics and lots of data most people would find boring. Mm -hmm. But for example, if you look at, for example, read the CoQ10, uh, if you could have a look at that, Steve. It's not my <coughs> research, it's research that I've found. Yeah. That, and I, I've not named it as my research, I've named the people who've done the research. So somebody would have looked at this, just done a clinical trial by itself, and every one of those compounds, some of those compounds, you're, you're like amino acids, you'll be used to taking anyway. Yeah. But they have a profound neurological effect. So, so I've had to dig deep, look long and hard. Now, if I was sat next to Rob, I'd say, right, okay, Rob, you're used to taking supplements, take these. Do you want a two-minute break before you go through this? Are you okay? I'm just saying that would be a list that I would give anybody with ALS. I would say take a dextrose tablet every morning because your brain is incredibly nutrition hungry. So feel you some energy, simple carbohydrate. So what the, when, when you go to China then, so what is that um, replacing in what the, the MND, you know, so, that disrupt, what, what does the, the, the process in China? So, the stem cells in China, so my neurons uh, die because they're mutated. Right. I get a replacement, a big sort of squad. So, it's like, like leaves getting three or four players a season. Mm. It's not a full squad, it's not every player, it's just an addition, a top-up. And so all this is, is a top-up. Perhaps if I was there every day having a stem cell injection every month, maybe it could keep me going, but Shit, life too exciting to live in Beijing taking stem <laughs> cells. Especially at the moment, there's a virus outbreak. Oh, no. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Now, it'd be worth just reading these out for anyone listening. Um, so we have coenzyme Q10. We have, and my pronunciation might be bad here, but acetylocarnitine, lipoic acid, green tea, Pycinogenol and resveratrol, um, which you said is found in grapes. Red grapes resveratrol, too. yeah, drink wine. Um, we have protein, amino acids, creatine, glutathione, and N acetylcysteine. Yeah. Wow, that's a long one. <laughs> and ashwagandha, mm. which is a, a compound um, a neuro, that alleviates neuroinflammation. Um, but we'll put this on the website. But um, yeah, just if anyone's listening and mm. desperately wanted to make a note. 
Yeah. Well, there's some overlaps. Rubble, rubble. He'll have plenty of protein left, definitely. Only yeah, protein yeah. and amino acids. Acetyl carnitine. I remember taking that a few years ago as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it um, will do because that is a good building block for muscles. But amino acids and yeah, um, yeah. It's one of the essential amino acids That's that our body does not produce. Mm-hmm. So what? What's the so? What's the process or what's the progress, if you like, on um, the the laser? Like, what what's the next phases for that? And the, the okay, phases? there's no phases on anything. I'm trying to create some funding now right. to buy it, buy a laser, but a laser would be no good unless. I can understand what's happening. Mm. So I need to get hold of um, an EEG electrocephalogram. So if you've probably seen brain scans in different colours, that's mm. done by EEG. Yeah. Now, what I want to do is wear an EEG mask, map my own brain under over a range of motor skills. Um, and then what I will do is compare that to what somebody would say. That's an average yeah. adult. And there'll be differences maybe in the frontal cortex. There'll be differences there. Yeah. So then I, I would remap my brain. Now, none of this is working on the neurons. All, all we know is a healthy brain doesn't have neurological conditions. Mm-hmm. You can map somebody's brain and say, right, okay, you do suffer from PTSD, for example. Now they sort of say, of course I freaking do, I saw my army van blow up. But there will be a map in the brain, so I'm swearing too no. much. No, you swear. You swear. swear. <laughs> <laughs> podcast, you can say whatever you want. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do apologise. <laughs> but the person would know that because of experiences in the life. So what I need to do is map out my brain, compare my brain to a, a, a standard if you like. Then I'm going to get a cranial laser. I've already designed it. I just can't afford it yet. How much much is it? Do you mind me asking? Uh, Well, the electrocephalogram is 36,000. The laser is 8,000 quid. Wow, so we've got anyone with some spare money lying around listening. (laughs) But I don't want the laser because... It may just be a shield look. I may do something. And what if it is 699 metres doesn't do it, but 692 mm. does? Mm. If you play guitar and pluck a string, say an A string, and you've got another guitar next to it, the A string will resonate on that. But if it's not in tune, it won't. So if I'm trying to resonate my brain cells, I may be a little bit out. Mm. I don't even know what I don't know yet. Mm. But if I don't map it out, I have different waters just for different penetration. With an EG, I can look at depth because 
as I got my laser on, I can see the excitement within the brain cells and say, right, okay, we need, I don't know, a 30 watt laser to get eight centimeters into the brain. And then we put 692 nanometers for the frontal cortex and that may raise the vibrational efficiency by 10 hertz. I need research in this. Mm-hmm. I need people to be helping me. Um, I'm just, I, I consider myself the Sherlock Holmes of neurology, mm-hmm. where I'm not properly trained. I'm just a man with a plan. Yeah. So to continue that analogy then, if you're Sherlock, so people are saying there's no cure, you're saying that there is a cure, but we haven't found it yet, and I need more research and more help to get it. Yeah, absolutely. There is research. We rely on biochemistry. We just take pills or medicine. So they're looking in the wrong place. (coughs) Okay, if you look at an atom, an atom is 99.9999, 12 nines, energy, and only 0.00121% particle. Now, an atom fluctuates between energy and particle about 7.8 times a second. Now, if you knew something was almost entirely made of energy and only a minuscule bit of particle and only part of the time is it particle, why are we spending money on medicine that does only not point not 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 one Ridiculous, really, did you say it like that? <laughs> I've done a video, not a, a video on what I need the research to be. Mm-hmm. And I will solve this. I expect every hospital in the future to have an electrochemistry. I expect every hospital to have a quantum biology centre. Because... Actually, th- those are the things that create the neurology signals. If we're all energy, nearly all energy, why spend time taking pills when we're not looking to alter mo- molecules? Molecules are purely the effect of the condition. So you're looking to switch more impulses on correct yeah. that's, that's, that's now you would not take your laptop down to if somebody took a hammer and chisel out mm. to it mm. but yet we will with our brains mm. I'm saying that's wrong and that will change whether I'm here to do it or not it will be the future and could it 
it can it not um, can it reverse symptoms? Or? Absolutely. Okay, so I think I mean that's an amazingly powerful message. And in my limited research on MND, I've never you know heard that. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it would be amazing and and comforting and that there are people as smart as yourself who yeah. believe that this is something we will solve and it mm-hmm. won't be. We're not talking hundreds of years. We're talking. In well, lifetimes, like this will be my aim is to do my my lifetime with me. Well, any support you need when it comes to funding, I'm sure the whole rugby league community is now yeah. behind this because of mm. Rob's story. I know. Um, mm. Well, Rob was always he's always been that player that everybody likes. Mm. Yeah. I used to. I had a love and hate relationship with him. I used to love him beating Wigan, but I used to hate him when he played against Wigan. <laughs> I sh- should I say that? Yeah. yeah. I shouldn't, shouldn't. It's understandable. No, no, yeah. Yeah. He was. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing I just wanted to touch on, it's from earlier, and I've always been fascinated by the placebo effect. I think people dismiss oh, right, it right okay. Oh, yeah. Right, okay. Because just, I yeah. I want to go. That is a hot topic, of man. Yeah, yeah. So placebo is a sugar tablet. Yeah. Um, this is truly amazing. So if you're doing clinical trials, do placebo test. Now they'll say thirty percent of people will get better by taking placebo. Now, imagine that taking a sugar tablet and changing your body's biochemistry. So, most of it is the power of belief. Mm. Exactly. And power people of dismiss belief. It. They say, oh, it's just a placebo effect. And you think, what happens? Yeah, people yeah. are Again, believing they're better and they get better. Yeah. Like, that is amazing. No, they mm. alter their own body's biochemistry by belief. By belief. Now, I've watched, and anybody should try and watch who's got any illness, Dr. Bruce Lipton's Biology yeah. or Belief. Mm. Oh, I got recommended yeah. this the other day. Yeah. Yeah. It truly is amazing. And it shows what's called epigenetics. Yeah. Now, epigenetics means above genetic control. And really... He, he, we should really, as medical, as a country, as world, as, as Mr. Medical PLC, we should study placebo. It shows the power of the mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know that when you play rugby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you've now kind of proven it to yourself with the way you've talked to us about your positive message. I mean, I've got a lot from it and mm-hmm. I've no doubt and I'm sure you don't and that's part of the reason why you're defying what mm-hmm. people have said yeah. mm-hmm. can we just say that I'm a good rugby player everybody would begin and say it's lying but yeah placebo is something the medical industry sweeps under the table they should study that because if people truly have belief Mm. 
They can alter their body's biochemistry. It's been proven. Now, this is the problem with MED. I, per I perceive lots of people have had MED and cured themselves. It's only when you go to a doctor and say, mm -hmm. sorry mate, you're fucked, you're going down. Yeah. Wow, now, that's a really interesting. Part of it is my belief. I'm trying to create a belief that I can live when my doctors tell me, also mate, you're screwed. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's uh, that is hard. It's quite yeah. negative. Mm. Yeah. No, do doctors that. do not mess around. They, now, they have to tell people what they perceive to be the truth. Mm-hmm. So they, they tell me, every time I'll tell my neurologist, I'm going to survive this. They say, look, you need to be conscious of thinking about yeah. fitting something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need this and you might need help with eating yeah. and you need to think about this and it, it is all in a way. So I said to my doctor and neurologist, I'm not having a peg fitted for feeding. I'm not having anything fitted, so I don't have anything. So my power of belief mm. is meaning I'm not, I'm still eating food, mm -hmm. I'm still breathing, I'm still walking. Mm. I refuse to have the things because if I give in to that, it's like I have got a little wood chip, but I really, really don't use it because if I used it, I won't exercise my muscles, mm -hmm. I won't keep my brain screwed on, mm -hmm. I won't keep my body focused. So placebo is, I wish I could tell somebody, well, okay, I've got a cure. I wish doctors would say to people, okay, You've got choices here. You can create a firm belief, an intention you're going to live, and maybe you can change it, mm -hmm. but it don't. I feel like our whole, the way that Western society is, is kind of against that way of thinking, isn't it? Like, you know, if you went to the doctor and they said that to you, it'd be like, where's this guy come yeah. from? You know, you, you, it's just but against also that. There was the the guy you was telling me about who got diagnosed at the same time as you, but with not as an aggressive uh, yeah. side of it, and the guy gave up. Mm. And yeah. he went a long time ago. Whereas yeah. Neil's got a more severe case, but has not given up, and mm. is trying to reverse everything. Mm. Reverse the symptoms, reverse the problems. But the is something I study a lot. I believe science, medical science, if they study as much as me, so thank you for bringing that up. Placebo is a true proven where people with the belief can alter their body's own biochemistry. But you look at it on a rugby field, you know you're going to nail that fucker who's running at you and you nail him. <laughs> if you think you're going to get injured going into a rugby match, mm. you're going to pick up a knock. What if you believe the try line's 10 metres short? <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Det ser ikke Also, that is the worst mistake in my life. Never live that down. I never live that down. Everybody mentioned it when we were at golf party. Do you mind me asking? I know it's not. We're here to hear your story, but I feel like when we're talking about things uh, like this, you have to talk about yeah. the people around mm. it because it yeah. must ch- completely change your perspective of life, your daily routine. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know, how has it been for you and your journey through that as well? Yeah. I mean, at the moment, I am still working, but I'm thinking of taking a sabbatical mm. just for 12 months mm. because, as we say, he's going to cure himself. Yeah. Mm. So we're just doing a 12 month, but like I was saying before about all the positive thinking and that like I've been doing that with him as well mm-hmm. um, and before he was diagnosed like he said even you thought it, it's I a bit thought it was loud. It's a bit, yeah. 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 you know um, but then when you but listen you to it together. it's such common sense really yeah. mm-hmm. when, you, when you listen to it mm-hmm. all so we do a lot of the meditation together and listen to... By the way, I'm not a hippie or anything like that. Ah, that's what we were thinking, actually. That's what you used to think it all was. Yeah, I do. It's a shame that perception's there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because I know that I get so much stick for it, when actually... But it's clearing clearing your mind. Clearing your mind. Neil mentioned to me last week when we was in a meeting that actually bringing Sue on that journey of the positivity journey, because... Actually, yes, Neil's daddy knows, but actually it's harder for Sue yeah, and Neil's daughter yeah. Um, yeah. than actually it is for Neil because is, they change their whole life for to them. go around mm. Neil. Yes, Neil's daddy knows, but actually yeah. the positivity for Sue, who, who had a husband that was fully, mm. fully working, um, out earning lots of money, mm. life was comfortable, to then going, well, mm. well I don't know, So I'm going to yeah. ask a question. If you had a choice... Would you choose to die, or would you choose your wife to have a terminal illness and you look after her? That's hard. I know it is tough, and I would choose me to die, but actually, it's tougher for the wife. And so it's tougher for the partner, because they seem to suffering. Mm-hmm. They see, or oh, not suffering, because I don't suffer. I'm far too stupid to suffer. <laughs> But they they see the deterioration, they see mm. what I can't do and so it's tough for the partner. So one thing is what would you choose if you had mm. it's not yeah. easy. But something that I've picked up on with how you both talk about it. It's almost like you're experiencing something together now within oh, your yeah, relationship. Definitely. But, you know, Our like you're doing them positive things together. Yes. Uh, is yeah. special, you know? Our life is... Oh, sorry. I just shouldn't say My life is better now with wow. Zoom. Wow. I, I, don't, I don't ever miss an opportunity to thank her. Well, obviously, we spend a lot more time together. Also, yeah. And actually, <laughs> spending a lot of time together, especially with me, can't be a good thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, it really is. I'm intense because my mind thinks, thinks, thinks. <laughs> yes. 
And then when he starts talking about all this, I am not that intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> it goes way over my head. It's like a certain level, isn't it? Like and then you've lost me. Unfortunately, we're a family for a dog, a daughter and a wife and a husband. And actually, you're the least intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> Less than the dog. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't know how to say that. Just to just to jump back slightly, then just back to um, kind of what what we were talking about was, um, if you don't mind me asking, what was it like when you made that phone when you heard you had that phone call? Uh, what was the initial that first day and few weeks and? Do you know? I can't even remember what it was like, mm. other than he'd sort of been, because he was in Dubai at the time, so he was sort of telling me, like he was going for checkups, and he was thinking it might be this, so I was mm. obviously Googling, mm. and I was at work, and like my colleagues, and mm. we were all like, mm, I mm. don't know, do you think it will be, and do you know, I can't even remember the day, because so mm. much has gone on yeah. since, yeah, yeah. and we've done so much. Mm. And those first few weeks, did you feel like you had to I think because hide he didn't still see many different. Or, yeah. Yeah, it was really hard to think at that point. I think it was worth later when little bits did start and when, to change. I think your first big tears were when we went into the Probably the hospital. first clinic. And they yeah, told and you cold and cold That's interesting. So this, like we talked about earlier, the mm. way they tell so you in that kind of clinical... Yeah. yeah, and that probably made me feel which less made, yeah. positive. Yeah. Because at that point, it didn't seem too bad. Mm-hmm. So and took then you, you go to clinic and then they say, oh. right, but well, we need to talk about, like, you know, so there might be a time when you can't breathe. So was that in the first... So initial meetings and different things at your clinic was were they telling yeah. you that straight away? So that what they you, do you have this is that right? You have this life expectancy, and no. so you need to sort I, this I out. Asked that, but they said, "You've got to start making end of life planning." Wow. Have you got? They do. They go um, straight into wow. the worst case because scenario. they, they deal do. with that every single day. Yeah, if yeah. they put uh, put it up too much, they don't get medicine. Get get message mm. across. And I think because lifespan can be from three months. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm not knocking yeah, the individuals who have to give that that's message. That's it, because that's, no, how, it's, it's it's that's the system, how they're told it? to do it. Yeah, yeah. They have to say. And the nurses, bless them, they were sort of really good about it and said, you know, I'm going to put three months on this, but it's not necessarily three months. Mm. Mm. But still, that's in your head then. And talking about. I came back from my clinic and seen Sue with tears running down her eye. That was bad. Yeah. The first. And I think that's like you said, it's because then it's really hard then to be positive Mm. when they're just throwing in a way, all the negative Mm. at you. Is that what you used as your purpose to research into it though? Was that the cat? I just saw problems all my life, whether it be anything. I've helped Jake out with issues on... I just love solving problems, whether it be Sudoku or That's why it's good you can keep working, because, as I say, most of the things he can't mm. talk to me about because yeah. I do not understand <laughs> what he's talking about mm. most of the time. So it's really good that 
mm. like his brain is just fully yeah. yeah. functioning. Mm. Mm. But it's also good yeah. for us because um, as a business, we're putting plans in for the next three, five, mm. ten years. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But he's in. He's the guy instigating the five and ten year plan. Yeah. So yeah. that keeps the brain working. Mm. That keeps the mm. brain. And that's his purpose. Mm. And that's why I liked when you were talking about your mentality and different things is mm. that's that purpose. Yeah. So yeah. it's exactly the same as Neil's theory and that's why I like to get you together because yeah. Neil's purpose is is this and you talk about purpose all the time and I and I mm. and I believe that is mm. what you if you can solve that purpose in your life or for anybody else, mm. then you're going along with I think uh, good you say that and good you've thought about because if you don't have anything to get up to I think wake up to do I think that's one of the first steps mm. to depression mm. everybody needs a purpose mm. first thing in it first so a friend of mine has clinical depression really good friend ex-soldier rugby player uh, much better than me, <laughs> and he had clinical depression. So all I did, I'm not a clinician, I decided to create a purpose for him. Mm -hmm. So we decided to build a motorbike together. Wow. So we built a motorbike together, I bought the parts, he rides it, and it's, uh, it's taken him back to a place when he was happy. He was happy as a kid riding a motorbike. Mm. Now, he's done most of the work himself. But actually, what you say, Jake, is a purpose. Mm. If we're no purpose, I mean, what the fuck's my life mm. about? Mm -hmm. yeah. Whatever happens. Or... Whatever happens. Yeah. And so we should never, ever take anybody for granted. Because... Mm whether they're unemployed, real sweep or multi-millionaire, if they don't have a purpose, they can all suffer. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, so, why do you think people don't have that perspective every day? Like sometimes, I always think when I'm at a funeral, mm -hmm. all the things I've been worrying about the weeks before don't matter. Yeah. And sometimes I think, I wish I had this perspective every yeah. day. The I things know. which really matter and the things which don't. But there's something about everyday life or the way it's yeah. structured okay. life just gets in the way mm. mm. I know it, you're right I, I don't have an answer for that but what I try and think of is like that funeral every day and actually it makes me happy because it's not my funeral <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good way of putting it yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. morbid to wake up every day like you're going to a funeral. But yeah. actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you had the same perspective mm -hmm. you had the day to go to funeral, yeah. you would actually realise what matters in life far more. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I think also Neil uses every day to push himself a yeah. little bit further. Yeah. And I think that some people, whether it's, it's generally in higher athletes or higher performing people or... or it's all about that being that best you can be in that day and make you mm. kickstart your day. Mm. If you enjoy getting up and doing what you do, um, constant progression. Yeah, and, mm. and you know your your mate who um, mm. built the motorbike. He probably but actually, process. actually, you know what? I I speak to lots of rugby players. I I know lots of rugby players. A few professional like. 
and you see them one day they were the talk of the fans next day it's just a normal bloke mm. and the fans are cheering somebody else yeah. so actually sometimes the higher you are the tougher it is mm. but actually because if you don't and then that is easy to find you had a purpose every day you were putting away for your shirt on a wig and shirt or at least and you had a purpose suddenly you know, sport is one of the most brutal things they don't care who they'll sign because they want to win and so one day you're the cream next day you're spilt milk mm. and actually I love, the reason I love what you're doing is you're in probably the toughest profession for mental illnesses. When I say toughest profession for mental illness, I mean professional sport. There's one day you're an idol, the next you're a mate down the pub. Yeah, and my belief is you don't earn football. And you don't earn on them. And that, if I ever ran the world, I'd change that. Yeah. I would change yeah. that. Mm. Yeah. Do you want to but do that soon? Get a few votes. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's also normal people and everyday people finding that purpose in their life. The I know it is. Life might be. Mm. You've got child, you've got children, you've got this, you've got that. Mm. Maybe that promotion at work that you're going for. And I think if you can get that mentality of pushing forward every mm. single day... But what happens it. when you don't get that promotion? What happens when you don't get that yeah. try? What happens when you don't, when you don't, when you don't? And that's a tough thing for mental illness because people don't see it coming. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes as well, when they do get that promotion, do you know yeah. what I think? They sometimes think, I've just got to get to that, got to get to um, that. And and that's the fury, isn't it? Yeah, they neglect yeah. that sort of process. I think, I think we all get promoted at one point to that position we can't do. Mm. So I was quite fortunate when I was young. I had a degree as an, a graduate engineer. I got promoted from junior draftman, senior draftman, drawn office manager, and then at 25 I was given directorship. And suddenly, I had I had no skills on how to manage people. Mm-hmm. People took the piss. I didn't know how to manage them. And no training, just because I was the best draftsman, doesn't mean I'm the best manager. And that's why I take my hat off to you because you've done that hard work. You've I see behind the scenes. I hear what you do. I hear the talk you give. I hear the way you take plays and you, you know, give somebody a shit sandwich. And giving a shit sandwich to somebody is making sure you get the bread to shit ratio right to make it palatable. <laughs> now that's a good way to put it. That is a good way to put it. And that, I see that in you. I see that in you. And you will always be a success because You've got the success in your DNA. However, not all people have that. People don't have your strength of character. And when they don't have that strength of character, they lost their purpose. Now, somebody might think, 
I think oh, I've been unemployed. Um, what's my purpose? I'm struggling to feed my family. Mm-hmm. What's my purpose in life? Everybody needs a purpose. Yeah. Everybody do. I see that in you. I see purpose, but your purpose. Look at the age you two have got a house like this, mm-hmm. a career like very yours. Lucky. Lucky, very lucky. Very lucky. Very lucky. You're lucky and hard working. But then it but also it's not just lucky that you've done it, you've done it. Yeah, I've worked towards it. But actually, if you got, if you did ACL tomorrow, I know you would, but if you did, you'd still be successful because I see it in your eyes, I see it in the way you talk. You're a successful person. Not everybody has that. And when people don't have that purpose, and I see the value of life every day. And that's one of the benefits of having a terminal illness. There are benefits of having a terminal illness. Believe me, there are massive benefits. You can tell people you love them. You can't do that when you're run over by a bus. You can feel that love from people. You can every day wake up and just enjoy life for what it is. Life's good for me. I've got a fantastic wife, a very needy daughter. (laughs) She is. Yeah, sorry, that's what we're like. Um, (laughs) And and I'm genuinely grateful for everything in my life. I wouldn't have ever met you if it hadn't been for my terminal illness. So again, I'm not wanting terminal illness to find me, but I'm seeing there's positive things. Mm. People could say I've been given a bigger shit sandwich ever. I wouldn't have been invited by the Leeds captain <laughs> to have coffee. Yeah. With almond milk. With almond milk. That's a shit sandwich. Get another vodka. So, there are benefits in everything. You've got to be able to see them. And I generally do. I generally appreciate the opportunity to speak to lead rugby league camp. I mean, I'm going to boo you to hell when you play Wakefield. (laughs) I'm going to demand the referee. Every time you go offside, I'm going to be yelling for you to get us in there. Do you want to try and give it? Yeah, we'll just a little bit of a present since you came over. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Yeah. there you go. It's one of a kind that, to be fair, it's um, one of the last run tops we wear from last year. Wow. We wear that session before the game. Um, Thank you so so much. That that means so much. It means so much. Just won't wear it at the wake again. Yeah, yeah. maybe not. (laughs) Oh yeah, you might not actually be able to wear it. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much. Thank you. That will hang on my mankey. Oh yeah, you can put your mankey. Oh, thanks. Brilliant, yeah, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. But Next to Danny's. I just, uh, yeah, I just echo, <laughs> yeah, echo some of the messages you've 
I think on um, the positive thinking stuff and um, being able to see the benefits like you, you've gone mm. as a stretch to say you know my life's better mm. after after that term illness that's a really really powerful message that I think it's you know, life doesn't have to end there you get told that yeah that, that that's extremely powerful and I think mm. some of the things you said it, it reminds me and it's something that I've had to remind myself to, to keep looking for the, the positives mm. um, and me and that I've started doing something the six minute diary recently because mm. you, you saw you come away from it you come back to it you come away from yeah, it I'm which is, is just human beings you know and mm. you've got to create those habits and um, I've started meditating again every day um, Make it up. Yes. Right, one of the best times to meditate is when your brain is sleeping. Mm. Because the thoughts go in there. So we have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. A subconscious mind is the one that really holds your beliefs. It doesn't matter what you say by conscious mind, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Mm. Your subconscious. So, so that's where the positive affirmations come in for, what, yeah. for when you're sleeping, that's why you... So if you say, get on YouTube, guide the meditation, mm-hmm. and just have it ready on your phone, wake up four o'clock, go for a pee, I don't know, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it back, and you'll fall asleep with it playing and playing and playing. That's a good one for you because you always wake up and can never go back to sleep. I never used to be able to. My head was buzzing, why am I dying? Why have I got this? Why me? Why me? Why me? And now I don't bother. I think I'm still grateful. I'm entirely grateful for everything in life. I, I know Sue's here and she wouldn't say no, but I do. Thank her every day for every help. You do. But it's like you said earlier about, like I know you thank me every day, but it's like you were saying about it's it's nice to say it to other people too. Mm-hmm. Like we yeah. went out to a show once and this lady was walking towards us and she looked amazing. She was an older lady. She was about eighteen. I don't know where it was like nineteen thirties, nineteen forties dress. She looked amazing. Yeah. So we like stopped and said. You look fantastic. Wow. You know, and it makes it makes us feel good. Yeah. Yeah. To have you both over, Jake's yeah, instigated it, so you were yeah. big thanks for, to for bringing us together. Um, and you know, obviously, Chris has come into my life as well in a bit of uh, uh, Chris is a, I can tell you, a good influence, yeah, <laughs> he's, a, he's a good influence on me, yeah. really good. And then that's an even 
better one. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> slow competition. Sorry, <laughs> Which is more consistent. So yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> but yeah. I'm better looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. A little bit. I'll take it. We've got a better beard, that's why I think. Yeah. <laughs> I need to shave more then. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling you about it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, awesome. Is it else? I think. Again, just to say, I think it's really powerful. I hope everyone listening to this, no matter where they're at in their lives, should take something from the perspective yeah. you've Thank taken. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's super positive and. I can't wait to get you on again and hear more about the groundbreaking research you're going to be spearheading yeah. and to hear more. Um, and yeah, we'll definitely link you up with Rob and partial this time. Definitely, yeah. It's been amazing. Um, I'd love to speak to Rob. The problem is I don't want to interrupt. He's probably got a million people talking to him, pulling him in every direction. But if you could give him glucose tablets and that. Yeah. I think he's going to love your humour, yeah, Rob. Yeah. I think you're on the same kind of wavelength with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Amazing, incredible. Also, thank you. That was amazing. Thank you guys for listening. I'm sure after listening it will have changed a few minds and changed a few opinions and shocked a few people maybe. I think it's brilliant awareness that we can share this podcast. I think it's brilliant that we can talk about it, tell people about it and keep the word going, keep the awareness spreading about motor neuron disease and keep the talk about how people can live better, whether they've got a terminal illness or not and, and really optimise yourself in this life that we live. Please let us know what you thought on Twitter, on Instagram, on any platform. Give us a rating, give us a review. We'll let us know what you actually thought about it. Really, really interested to see uh, people's opinion on this one. I think it's really, really going to be a big one for the awareness of motor neuron disease and, and how we can strive towards people living a better life with motor neuron disease too. Before you get off guys, check out the stuff that we've got going on at mentalityapparel.com and if you ever want to support us, go over to patreon.com forward slash mentality, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash mentality. You can support us in any capacity there but also you can join the mentality club and really get involved and get amongst it and go towards making change, making big change. Cheers, guys. See you on the next one.